And then there were eight. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And today we are joined with special guest, B. Wesley Vance. Hello, hello. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. We continue in April awesomeness. And yes, that name is still fully endorsed by the dads in uh, (laughs) this community. Anybody else doesn't like it, but the dads love April awesomeness. And we are to the Elite Eight, the last eight uh, available days in the liturgical church calendar, right? The final eight. And today we're going to explore those elite eight matchups and see who goes on to the final four. Uh, I know we characterized each one of these matchups last week as as sort of the, the birthday matchup or the re-birthday matchup, Christmas Day versus Easter, the fire matchup with Christmas Eve versus Pentecost, hope, right? With Palm Passion Sunday and the first Sunday of Advent and then the death matchup. Uh, Wednesday <laughs> versus Good Friday. Were there any of these in particular that you were wanting to make sure and track this week before we get to the results? Like, am I anticipating any like upsets kind of? Or are you thing? just most interested to see? I mean, you thought it was, this is the most interesting head to head. I'm probably most interested in the head to head between Ash Wednesday and Good Friday in our mm. death matchup. Um, I if there's an upset, I suspect the upset is coming at us with um, Palm Sunday and Advent, just because there's more space for Lent within this like Lenten centric things than Advent. So I could see people wanting more Advent in that. Um, as we move into our top four. So I'll be right. curious to see what happens. Yeah, I think the first Sunday in Advent and Palm Sunday, Palm Passion Sunday would be the one to look at as well because of the hope theme. You know, it gets pushed more towards it. We have it written down as first Sunday of Advent. So I hopefully it doesn't take, you know, a back seat to something that actually has a title as, as we've talked about a number of times as we've been doing this. Um, Passion and Palm Sunday is great. But there's something awesome, too, about hope of the yeah. first Sunday in Advent, as Daniel's mentioned many, many times over the, the course of this. So we'll see what people uh, people have decided. Very good. I, I do think that there probably is, you know, we've talked about the naming thing. And we, we've also hit on those, like, tangible markers of, of difference. And we've, frankly, the final eight are all Sundays marked with, or days marked with tangible markers of our remembrance that kind of connect us to it where there's the the palm processional on palm sunday that parade of our kids shouting hosanna um and and inviting us into the the full hope and joy of holy week right easter we do a thousand different things we sing songs that are way too high the stone is rolled away we wake up at the crack of dawn to experience the sun coming up whether that's together in a sunrise service or even just in our own homes uh, Christmas Day is is less church connected as we've talked about oddly, but it is one of those things we're still in our daily lives. We have tangible markers to them. Uh, Pentecost has flower crowns. You know what else could we I'm want? Sorry. Fire, uh, uh, fire, fire, fire. And then Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, right? Ash Wednesday, we go out with the cross on our head, and Good Friday is the day of the cross itself. Uh, 
I'm excited to see where these go. I've had a little sneak peek at our results. And so uh, as we go through, I, I just want you to know this is it's pretty interesting stuff. So our All first right. matchup is the re-birthday matchup between Easter and Christmas Day. And by an 85 to 15 margin, Easter carries the day. Ooh, yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, no, I think if we were asked at the beginning of this thing to predict the final two, right? This was Baylor Gonzaga. It's going to be, or the anticipation is Easter versus Christmas Eve. But right. I was interested to see the 15% for Christmas Day. People really locked in to that actual birthday of Jesus. Right. Or just feeling contrary in one of the two. <laughs> when we asked why Easter or Christmas Day, uh, the primary, we got a couple of responses, but the, the primary spirit is that Easter reminds us of the the taking away of our sins, right? In the, the empty tomb that is there, that new life that is possible, that is uh, what is shown to us at Easter and why it is of great importance there. Nobody dived into like a six paragraph uh, dissertation about the difference between, you know, incarnation and resurrection and which came first, the chicken or the egg or anything like that. But but maybe You're we can say that those for, for the final two. Okay. okay. That's my sneaking suspicion. <laughs> yes, we expect if you've got a dissertation in your uh, in your fingers through your keyboard, share that with us at the final four. We'd love it. And, and we may actually just read it verbatim, word for word, because that would be fantastic. It would. Matchup number two, the fire matchup. The matchup of uh, sweet holy flames lifted up on Christmas Eve and deeply desired for fireworks on Pentecost, right? The uh, the the flames alighting from the Holy Spirit, um, those tongues of fire. Uh, fire did carry the day. And, and our, our primary comment here uh, on asked why Christmas Eve or Pentecost was because it reminds me of fire. Now, I'm unclear which one they're talking about there because they both involve flames in different ways and, and fashions. But um, by another 85 to 15 margin, Christmas Eve carries the day. Uh, over Pentecost. So our two favorites are still in the running. So we can still be looking for that monster of a final that we might have expected. I think in the future, I think, you know, Pastor Melissa can keep pushing for the Pentecost thing. And I think we could try to make that matchup in particular next year, if we did this again, a little closer. You know, I'd like to see that be a little closer. Although... I am, I will lean with Pastor Daniel on this, that Christmas Eve, you know, in my opinion, should be the winner of that matchup. But I think maybe we could do something a little bit more pushy to say, hey, you know, Pentecost is pretty great too. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of things to like about Pentecost as much as we like Christmas Eve. My vote did ultimately go to Christmas Eve in that matchup, but I do agree. I do love rising that bar for people of what Pentecost can mean and helping us as a church to make it a more nostalgic, memorable Sunday within our canon of Sundays within a year. So what you're saying is we need a lot of little mom's kitchen cupcakes with candles lit on the top in the narthex after Pentecost to celebrate yes. the birthday of the church with fire. There we go. Yes. We're, we're not, listen, we're not above, you know, we use the teachings of Christ. We use these liturgical things. We're not above 
making special moments inside of church to make people say, this is one of the Sundays I want to come to church, right? Yeah. The, the reason that they want to come to church on Easter day and Christmas and all these wonderful things is because they highlight something. Um, and for us to make it even more, uh, their desire to come to church on Pentecost. Hey, you, you know, it's on the calendar. It's circled like, Hey, we need to make sure we're in church this Sunday because this special thing is going to happen. And Pastor Daniel and Pastor Melissa are going to talk about this wonderful thing, and we're going to get to celebrate that. I mean, that that would be just amazing for our church people to circle that day on the calendar and say, "I'm coming on Pentecost Sunday." I'm going to go a red buy a red blazer and make sure I am ready to go on Pentecost. Yes, yes. I need a new red blazer because the one I have is corduroy, and Pentecost happens in the summertime, and that is awfully hot. Uh, that is pretty hot. <laughs> It was one of those on sale a week before Christmas blazers. And, you know, why not? You just had to. Had to. Had to. Absolutely. All right. Matchup number three is Hope and Hosanna. Palm Sunday and the first Sunday of Advent. This, Melissa, was what you listed as your potential upset pick, right? Yep. Just as a reminder, this is the three seed versus the 11 seed. And, and the Hope Sunday and Advent has already been an upset, right? Yeah. They have gotten to this point. Uh, by being uh, an upset candidate. And so we were anticipating a potential upset here. And we were wrong. Oh. 100% of the vote for Palm Sunday. Wow. wow. <laughs> we love Palm Sunday over the first Sunday of Advent more than, than Easter over Christmas Day, more <laughs> than Christmas Eve over Pentecost. <laughs> You know, and I think what this really says is that while the first Sunday of Advent may carry a lot of meaning for us, Palm and Passion Sunday carries all the more meaning. And it doesn't have quite the same argument that Pentecost has, or that it doesn't have quite the same argument that Christmas Day has in terms of primacy in our in our lives and our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Palm Sunday is one of those days that, as our listeners have shared with us, brings hope to them. There's something powerful about that. And, and I think and it part of tied into what y'all were talking about with, with Pentecost earlier. Palm Sunday is one of those Sundays where we're in it together. Yeah. Right. It is not a singular action. It's not even a singular action of Jesus that is the focus, although that is huge in this story. It's a Sunday in which we celebrate our ability from the youngest among us to all of us to participate in this critical moment in the history of the world and the life of the church. And, and so I think you know, that is part of the reason why it, I, I'm speculating here, but part of the reason why I think it, it carries the weight that it did and why we managed to get our first complete shutout here of the underdog. So I was going to say, I think we didn't give enough weight and credit to the cuteness of kids parading in with palms. I mean, it's memorable. It brings the celebration. Like, gosh, it is, it is truly a Sunday that is, one that people get excited to come to, especially if it's not one of your kids that you're worried about doing something crazy. But then again, you might be like, I don't have to be in control of my child in this moment. Someone else's. <laughs> if you if you didn't if you weren't coming to church on that Sunday already excited for the triumphal entry of Jesus, the kids will get you there. You know, yes. just that excite just that excitement. Yeah. They feel it. Uh, palms waving. Us trying to. Sing while we're trying to watch at the same time. Sometimes that doesn't happen because we're all focusing on the kids and just that buzz and excitement of Passion and Palm Sunday um, probably leans a little bit different. It's just a different feeling 
than hope and kind of that euphoric here's that really excited loud music if you will full uh, at the beginning of palm sunday um yeah. yeah it's it's a great sunday to be at church well and our hymn writers did a very good job you know the 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 hymns that we have that accompany those moments are big and grand and holy and um and yeah. bring their own energy to the moment so I'm, I'm excited to see palm sunday move on to our top four and even though it means that we're leaving behind Advent in this moment and the like holiness of that, because I think the thing that people love about Advent, even if it was won out by the celebration and excitement of children that invites us into the triumphal entry of Christ, is how special and holy our sanctuary feels on that first Sunday of Advent. Because, you know, the altar guild has set the sanctuary, the stage has been, the chancel has been set, the Christmas tree is now up, the candles are ready to be lit and reminding us as we move closer to that birth. So they're both so special and holy, but I'm excited to see our Palm Sunday move on. It is so good. And, and I think that's the part that we need to keep in our mind as we enter into this Elite Eight and into the Final Four there's no wrong answers here. Yeah. I mean, you could vote against me, which might make me feel like you were wrong, but there's no actual wrong answers here. Right. Um, I was going to mention, sorry to talk over you, but uh, I was going to mention at the beginning of this, all three of us could go back to the 32 that we started with and make wonderful arguments for all of those. You know, we're not saying that this is we're doing a fun exercise and this is better and this is what we're voting for, but we could all go back and spread back out to the 32 and continue to make arguments because we love each one of these Sundays. And so yeah. it doesn't mean that they're, that they're necessarily less important or that we shouldn't be there. It's just that this fun exercise of putting them uh, again, pitting them against one another to, to see, to see what wins, if you will. Yeah. Well, and I mean, one of the questions could be just what is good to your soul, right? What is, which one speaks to you in the way that you need? And it'd be interesting to to do this exercise. I mean, the church probably doesn't have any interest in doing this six times, but I'd love to do it. You know, we just did it coming out of Lent and Easter and we're in Easter tide right now, right? But what would it look like to do it in the middle of December? What would it look like in, and how much does the recency of it speaking to our soul connect to this uh, experience? Yeah. Opening back up to that, you know, the whole spread we had initially, I think about Transfiguration Sunday right at the beginning, right? Versus Thanksgiving Day and how several of our people were like, we didn't realize how important Transfiguration Day was. And I love that, you know, just this silly little exercise now, Transfiguration Sunday didn't stand a chance when Easter came up in its second matchup, but that people got to go, oh, there's something else holy that I've overlooked. And I think that's one of the beautiful invitations that this has been in a silly, fun format, but to notice where we've overlooked the holy. Amen. As we move into the fourth matchup here, the death matchup, uh, we have two days that are not overlooked. They are clear and on the calendar and big and very present in our lives. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. This is the closest matchup I think we'll have throughout the whole bracket. It's the four versus the five. We may end up with one versus two at the end, but to this point, it's our closest matchup. 
Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Ash Wednesday, where we remember our own mortality, right? Remember our own brokenness and the place uh, where we seek to come in confession and and grow in that intentional connection piece. That's the kickstart of Lent. And then go Good Friday, right? The the day Christ was crucified, where we seek to sit in that moment where we've gone from Palm Sunday, right? Where we are full of Hosanna and energy and hope. And yet the cries of humanity have shifted from Hosanna to crucify him. And, and even in the face of that Christ's willingness um, to go to the cross, to endure um, whatever we as humans would throw at him as, in the aim of that restoration of our connection and relationship with God. Uh, y'all highlighted this as one of the matchups that could be really close earlier. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we get to the reveal as to who gets to go forward? I mean, honestly, I'm really curious what what y'all put forward in this um, in this matchup. I voted for Good Friday, yeah, and I ultimately I ultimately voted for uh, Good Friday as well, and put that in my matchup. It was a tough it was a tough decision, um, but. Just with my involvement in Good Friday and that we, you know, we've talked about it over the course of this talking about Good Friday and its matchups, just how how sweeter Easter becomes when you really get into the story of Good Friday. And I know we've mentioned that a lot, but it just bears repeating that it really Easter Sunday just is that much sweeter when you have felt the pain of, of Good Friday for me. And um, just that exercise and actually going into the story and realizing that Christ died, he suffered and died on that cross for us. But that wasn't the end of the story, right? The worst, the worst part was not the end, right? It's something, if I'm getting it correct there, the worst of it was not the end of the story and we get to see Easter day. So good Friday is what I went with. We're unanimous then in this uh, grouping of the three of us. I also put, which good Friday was the five seed over um, Ash Wednesday and the four. And so I, I chose Good Friday because I think my own mortality, though I need the Ash Wednesday reminder and the humility of the reminder of my own mortality is important. The shocking piece of our um, belief is that God would die, mm-hmm. that God would be willing to die for the love that God bears for us. And so I need that. That's that's what I need to hold on. So that's why I ultimately put Good Friday forward. And it's funny now that I can see the end results here. Um, <laughs> we were deemed wrong. No way. Ash, okay. Ash Wednesday, 60-40. Ash no Wednesday, 60-40. And if you take our votes out, Ooh. we lost by even a greater margin than wow. 60-40. <laughs> So Ash Wednesday, and, and the thing I didn't say earlier, but part of, for me, I ended up voting for, uh, I voted for Good Friday over Ash Wednesday, even though consistently through my life of faith, Ash Wednesday has been one of those days that speaks to me again and again and again and again, right? Yeah. Where, as, as we've talked about over the course of this series of conversations, Good Friday, the experience of it has has shifted depending on um, which church we're in and whether they offer that kind of service or, or not. It, but its place within the overall theological kind of hierarchy of of 
the Christian experience, right, was the thing that ultimately went out, right? With without Good Friday, Wesley, as you said, Easter is not fully Easter without Good Friday, right? right? And and Ash Wednesday, while deeply powerful, doesn't offer us, at least in my view, as Melissa said, the as profound a statement. We know we will die, right? Confronting our mortality is critically important, but that that God on earth, Christ, you know, would go to that place. But right. again, ultimately, we're wrong. Y'all have voted, and yep. that is uh, is what matters in this bracket. And so, I said that Ash Wednesday was my, you know, like yearly reminder of humility. And you know, once again, the vote has just been like, well, we'll just bring that <laughs> back around now. <laughs> yes. So, in the humility uh, bracket, Melissa is winning. There we go. Uh, so, our final four: Easter, Christmas Eve, Palm Sunday, and and Ash Wednesday. I was looking at my original bracket here and almost said Good Friday, but no, just because I picked it doesn't mean it went through. Right. So our our final, our semi-final matchups are Easter versus Ash Wednesday. Wow. Christmas Eve versus Palm Sunday. Cool. As we noted a little bit earlier, this was going to be an interesting uh, to see how much Advent we ended up with and how much Lent we ended up with. And we're three to one Lent versus Advent at this point. Yeah. And so that is powerful and instructive, but make sure over the coming weeks that you let us know um, why you believe what you believe on, on each one of these matchups. Uh, now that we are down to two, you can launch into your dissertations if you want to. Right. Uh, just as a little sp- sneak preview next week, we are going to, in addition to revealing our finalists, talk about our top three non-official church, church liturgical calendar Sundays, those three days in the life of our church that are just amazing and awesome and speak to us, even if they don't make the official global church liturgical calendar. So think about that too. Let us know uh, whether is that kids uh, Christmas pageant Sunday or the cantata Sunday or um, back to school Sunday. Think about those. We're going to share our top three next week as well, because we know while this liturgical calendar is kind of part of our official calendar through the church, it also is not the fullness of our rhythm as a church family, right? We have our own rhythm. We have our own connection, and we want to celebrate those things that may not have made this bracket, but are just uh, nearly as meaningful to our souls, or at least to our shared life together. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And B. Wesley Vance has joined us once again. Thank you, Wesley, for showing up today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Amen. And now that we have gathered together, I want to give you an invitation to grow. As we wrestle with these final days, I don't want you to just wrestle with the question of which is your favorite. I want you to ask the question and, and reflect. Maybe write a note in a journal when each one of these Sundays has spoken deeply to you, where has God met you in each one of these days? Take two minutes this week on each day to remind yourself where God has met you in the journey of this liturgical calendar. And now go, receive this benediction, a blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go about your week. May you, just as you notice in the liturgical brackets, the places that you have overlooked, 
and miss the beautiful holy of God. May you also go to see where perhaps you've overlooked the holy beautiful of God in your most ordinary day so that you don't miss it. May you go in peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.